listening to a University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. Recently, we sat down with Lian Hang-Ting Wen, a professor in the History Department, to discuss her research on the various perspectives in the Vietnam War. In addition to discussing the focus of her previous and upcoming publications, Hang talks about her teaching methods and how having veterans within the classroom brought a unique viewpoint to discussions about war. My name is Lian Hang-Ting Nguyen, and if you want to hear the correct Vietnamese pronunciation, it's Lian Hang-Ting Nguyen. I usually go by Hang, and I'm in the Department of History. What I am doing is writing an international history of the war from 1968 to 1973. That's the period that witnessed the peace negotiations at Paris. But the book does cover some of the pre-68 period, stretching all the way back to 1954-1955. I've taught since I was away from 2008 to 2010 when I taught in 2006 to 2008 and again this past year I focused on various aspects of the Vietnam War including diplomatic history of the war as well as the social history of the conflict and so in my courses I try to incorporate primary sources including government documents from particularly the perspective of the United States and in my assignments that try to look at the lived experience, the social history of the Vietnam War. I have a lot of edited volumes that speak to the experiences of soldiers and civilians on the ground. And so I try to do a combination of various perspectives so that students can really get the full flavor of the conflict. Then that is always my favorite section of the course, especially if I am trying to aim to give a sort of more holistic picture, is the popular culture aspect of the war. And what I do, I mean, for most, I think, Americans and younger generations is really the war from the American perspective, because there are books, novels about the war, and it is constantly being invoked in discussions about the war in Afghanistan and Iraq today. However, the other sides, and it has to be plural because there was more than one Vietnamese side, is less well-known. So what I do is I assign books and movies that I think Americans and American youth know, something like Full Metal Jacket, Apocalypse Now, Platoon, and novels such as Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carry, also Letters Home from the Vietnam War. And I try to integrate the Vietnamese perspectives, and there I'll assign books like The Sorrow of War by Bao Ninh and Yung Thu Hung's Paradise of the Blind, Novel Without a Name, as well as lesser-known South Vietnamese writers like Mai Phuong, who wrote Behind the Bamboo Hedges. And I also try to incorporate diasporic voices in there, too. And I've had the University of Kentucky buy films on the Vietnam War from the Vietnamese perspectives, and I try to show that all together. And I think that that's been probably one of the most successful aspects of my courses on the Vietnam War. One year I had the students write their own historical narratives of the war. So they were asked to interview someone who had a sort of very personal connection, was alive during the war period. They could have served, they could have been involved in the anti-war movement, or just been a witness to the events happening in in the 60s and 70s. students were then expected to write a historical narrative surrounding that interview, incorporating also what they've read throughout the entire course and other research that they had to do. And I mean, I think the students enjoyed it. I loved reading these historical narratives. And I think that assignment really brought the war home to them. And they understood it in a way that, you know, sort of reading historical studies, documents didn't really get to that as much as the sort of writing of these historical narratives did. 
enjoy teaching at the University of Kentucky because when you touch on classes on war, that it isn't just this sort of academic experience in this sterile classroom, but that we did have perspectives from soldiers who had served. And what it did was just make the course material not something that is, okay, this is just history, it's not important. I think for the students who served and their classmates, it was that a lot of these issues arise again and again in, in instances of war. That said, everyone's perspective was respected and carried equal weight in the classroom. And in that way, I think that that was much more a result of the maturity of the students here at the University of Kentucky than anything I did as an instructor or as a professor. So I think that it always adds to the classroom environment when there are veterans, when there are former soldiers from any war in a classroom. The second book project sort of returns back to my true interests, if you can call them that, when I first began in this profession and entered this craft of doing history, which is more of a social history approach. And when I began, I was interested in the American Civil War and what then was called the new military history, which focused more on the social history of the war and the home front and not just sort of generals and leaders and battles and maneuvers and so on and so forth. And so the second book project it speaks more to that since the first book is all about leaders in Hanoi, Washington, and Saigon. And if they were alive today, I would have no desire to meet or to befriend. <laughs> the second book project, I found a lot of would have been potential friends had they still been alive. And in particular, what I'm interested in is looking at women involved in what I call the global anti-war movement. I think that that is the most enduring legacy of the Vietnam War, more so than you know what others have argued, say, is the Vietnam Syndrome in the United States states or the decline of U.S. power. I think it's about these grassroots movements that went global and paved the way to the rise of a new global human rights regime, that it all began or really was coalesced or solidified during the Vietnam anti-war period. And a lot of that was due to the women who were involved in this. They were at the vanguard, especially on the Vietnamese side. The Communist Party promoted what was called people's diplomacy, and the people who staffed people's diplomacy were called the women with long hair, the soldiers with long hair, and they were the women diplomats who were at the forefront of trying to end American intervention in Vietnam. And what happened was during the war they were very successful. I think the war was won on the international stage. After the war, Vietnam's sort of development was a lot more bleak. Unified Vietnam, under a communist government, got involved in another war with China and Cambodia, and they became the pariahs on the global stage. Whereas during the American War, the Vietnamese were beloved in the international media due to events in Cambodia. They became the pariahs on the global stage, and so it really fell on the women to rescue Vietnam out of that marginalization and that status as pariahs because they kept in touch with NGOs abroad and with women who were involved in the anti-war movement and became leaders on an international stage. And so it was really from the connections they built and continued to build as the men sort of retreated. So that's the focus of the second book. Thanks for listening. And thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences for making this podcast possible.